Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O C-O. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What in the world? Mysteries is back. What? Have you been watching it? I have. It's really very sad. There's a lot of sad stories in the new Unsolved Mysteries, but the one thing that I'm, honestly made me kind of like, I'm going to I'm gonna use the word triggered, is that they have, like, you know, Netflix has the button, the skip intro button, uh-huh. right? That you could, like, click to could skip the intro. I was like, this is Unsolved Mysteries. We are going to fucking... Skip the intro, the one because they do a little callback. They do a shadowy callback to Ooh. Robert Stack, where he just appears through his cancer smoke, and it's so <laughs> nice to see his grizzled face. But I don't understand being like, what kind of fucking monster? What kind of sacrilege? <laughs> sure. Who's we're we're we are not. We're gonna sit here. We're gonna watch unsolved mysteries, and we're not gonna sit on the couch doing robot dances. To I say, <laughs> I say, only watch the intro back to back to back to back to back to back. Skipping the intro is like skipping the first part of the movie up. You can't get to the joy until you see the sadness. <laughs> I hate the beginning up. I hate the way Pixar manipulates my emotions. I don't want to feel these things. I don't want to think about my father. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I am Ben Kissel, staring at. The the beautiful face of Marcus Parks. Hi, staring at me through a computer screen, more like. Absolutely. And of course, Henry Zabrowski as well. You know, last week's episode, Lobotomies, people loved it. They really, they, they expanded their minds as we were talking about destroying the minds of others. And this- See how he skipped the tall whites? See how he skipped it because he how maligned he was and how upset he's still about it? And well, how tall, tender that moment was for him. Well, it, it was a little tender, and they didn't quite realize how people were going to make a lot of different kind of jokes. And then they'd be like, <laughs> is this episode about Ben's family? And then I said, no, it's not. And then even the last podcast, Instagram was so kind to post a picture of my family. <laughs> on the Instagram next to aliens. So yes, I am skipping the tall whites of the episode that never happened, of course. <laughs> But we're trying to cover some people, some so, the people that have been specifically affected by lobotomies. And then I got really into because we, we were basically talking about Rosemary Kennedy. Yes. And I have been trying to figure out 
a way to to also talk about like I wanted to be find interesting stuff about like rich old families hiding away like a deformed family member or something like you know and because for some reason in my mind I'm like I'm thinking like Leonardo DiCaprio Man in the Iron Mask like some kind of like romantic like weird gothic tale and then when you start really looking into it it is um it's some of the most depressing fucked up horrible stories that have ever existed yeah <laughs> it's devastating man yeah yeah did you now, did you think um throwing away lobotomized family members was gonna be a light-hearted subject i don't know what i thought and it just shows that what this business does to the human mind is yeah. irreversible I am completely Let's look agree. At the fun side of child abuse. I just say it. I just try to find something that was interesting, and I thought it was interesting, and then you start to realize, oh, I am the observant monster. I am the man in the Waldaway room, but wow. I have a computer that takes me anywhere. Isn't that the powerful message? You are. Mm. It's like Johnny Depp in the movie uh, Secret Window. He. It was him the whole time. You just ruined the movie. It was out for 25 years. You also, just ruined a movie speaking, of lobo- of the show. speaking of lobotomies, I had a chance to drive all across country this week, which was amazing. Some of the people, apparently lobotomies are still happening, uh, <laughs> judging by the cheese chalet I drove by in Wisconsin. Those people might not necessarily be fully equipped mentally, but I just got to say this for everyone saying that this country is full. It is not. This country is so damn empty. So if anyone wants to come here, I can sell you a plot of land. All of Utah. <laughs> it's empty, but a lot of it's it is protected. Empty. But you can go in there. There's not a lot of people watching it. That's just the truth. You can go and camp yep. in there. If you're an illegal, you can go out there deep into the deep into the natural arches museum. And they have no clue that that whole all the different spaces. They don't know that you're there. So just go set up camp. Just don't fuck with the rocks or the cactuses. Don't mess with the rocks. As a matter of fact, though, I've seen some people undocumented folks could just replace. And I think that would be <laughs> great. Yes. I think that they should. And but the Midwest is doing a good job. They're trying to fit. They're trying to fill all that empty space with just their bodies. And they're filling it up. <laughs> but that's also we try to keep the show. We try to keep last podcast and left timeless. Like, honestly, we try not to put too many markers of like what time period we're doing it. But sure. I will say because of COVID-19, we're all separated into our own homes. Kissel yes. is we're going to see what kind of T-Virus takes over Kissel's <laughs> body as he sampled the country's different. But Kissel's good. He took care of himself. And he said there were 90% of people across this country actually act like there is a disease rampant. Well, I don't know about 90%, but there was 8% of people that seemed to know we were in a pandemic. Um, Certainly, I do want to apologize to Hotel. Uh, my dogs did defecate uh, quite a bit in that hotel room. I did have to pay a healthy fine uh, for that. I didn't realize I that, that a- you got the call from the hotel manager who was like, "Hey, yeah, this is Jerry from uh, a hotel. It's just gonna just come call and let you know. I know what you did." <laughs> That's what he said. And I was like, what happened? He's like, you know what you did. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you know what you did. And then they just charged me a bunch. But I didn't realize if you feed dogs nothing but a diet of gas station burritos and, and beef jerky, they're just like us. Yeah. And then they, 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 they have bodies, too. Yeah. And anyway, all I know is that those dogs are very happy not to be living like uh, Eileen Warnos' next victim. 
<laughs> yeah, dogs don't have like the ability to know to go like, let me in the bathroom, let me in the bathroom, I gotta go, I gotta go, let me in. They don't have that. No, they, no, they don't. just shit. But they definitely have the ability to stare at you as they piss in a corner of a room that they know they shouldn't be and they know that you know that they shouldn't be and then they're very mad at you and they stare at you and piss and it's like so powerful. <laughs> it is so powerful. This is what being a father is, Kissel. And I honestly yeah. feel like d- your buddy, Dave Kohler, and who's designed a lot of work yeah. for the art uh, of the last podcast network over the years, um, I think that he also has the ability to just piss in a corner and stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We call that the old Omaha water fountain. Ugh. <laughs> All right. So are we ready to get into some further tragedies of lobotomies? <laughs> you know what? I've never been more excited. I can't wait. I'm getting my ice pick ready right now. I love this. Now, when we did our series on lobotomies, we covered many of the failures that came as a result of the procedure, but we neglected to mention the most famous of all failed lobotomies, JFK's sister, Rosemary Kennedy, Mm. and that's part of what we'll be covering today. So whose brain had it worse, JFK or Rosalind Kennedy? Rosemary. 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 <laughs> I, uh, to be completely frank, I think at least JFK, whatever happened to him, it happened quick. Yep. <laughs> That's true. In 1941, Rosemary Kennedy was subjected to a lobotomy at the hands of the infamous Walter Freeman, years before the ice pick lobotomy became Freeman's procedure of choice. With Rosemary Kennedy, Walter Freeman was still drilling holes in the sides of heads and cutting cores from the frontal lobes in an attempt to solve whatever mental or behavioral problems the patients might have. This is absolutely incredible. What I found here, I took several cores out of this young Irishman's head and I found an emerald. (laughs) This is amazing. I'm making money. (laughs) That's incredible. Great work, doctor. (laughs) But before we get specifically into Rosemary's lobotomy, let's give a little bit more background on the Kennedy family, as it was laid out by Emmanuel Hapsis on an article about Rosemary Kennedy featured on KQED.org. We're just going to go into the history of the Kennedys real quick. We're just going (laughs) to breeze over the the most dynastic family in American history, just as a side note to our lobotomy series. (laughs) Straight up, the Kennedys. They can be summed up with bad back, love boats, and love yelling at dinner. That is mostly what they did. Don't forget murder. Well, I mean, you got to realize that's the funny thing about it is that we did six parts on JFK and we barely scratched the surface of the Kennedy family itself in the history of the Kennedy family. It's very long. It's a very rich story, but it's also a very, very tragic story. Mm hmm. One thing that we didn't really talk about all that much on our Kennedy series is the Kennedy curse. Yes. Specifically, this deadly bit of hoodoo applied to the generation of Kennedy children that included both JFK and RFK. Yeah, the Kennedy curse is actually is that on your every fifth boner, it goes backwards. <laughs> I thought I had to take a dump, but it was the Kennedy curse. Can you fail the head of my cock? Push it against the back of my asshole. I hate the Kennedy curse. This man needs a lobotomy. Of course, we know both JFK and RFK were assassinated in the 60s, but the deaths of the Kennedy children began long before that. In World War II, Joe Kennedy Jr., the Kennedy who was supposed to be president instead of JFK, was killed in action. Hmm. He was like the one that they all loved, right? He was like the shining star of the family. He was the Jeb. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. he was being groomed for president. 
And after JFK and RFK were killed, their sister Kathleen died in a plane crash in France. RFK's mother and father-in-law died in a plane crash. Ted Kennedy almost died in a plane crash and also killed that woman. Yes, he did. He killed a woman. <laughs> we have got to, that kind of gets you know brushed over quite a bit, but he did kill that woman. Him and Chap- Matthew Broderick. Chap- you know, every once in a while, him and Matthew Broderick, they wink at each other. They'll Skype. No, but they back no. in the day, you're like, remember? If you bring the star of the producers into this, Matthew Broderick felt bad about drinking drinking and driving and killing that person. Ted Kennedy could have saved her. You know, there were scratch marks on the top of the car's roof. So that means the woman was trying to get out and it took like eight hours for her to die. And and you know what Ted Kennedy did? This is true. He got back to the hotel and he complained to the manager that his neighbors were being too loud. I swear (laughs) to God, that's a true story. That is, I mean, what can you do? You know, he had priorities and a big thing was keeping up his hotels.com platinum Status, (laughs) Status, <laughs> which requires you to put in reviews every once in a while. And that's a job in and of itself. Absolutely. You want to get those discounts. This Kennedy family is like so scary. If you find out that one of them are on your plane, it's like the movie Final Destination. You have got <laughs> to get off. If you're just like waiting on your Delta flight and they're like, uh, Bob Kennedy, Bob Kennedy, please report, please report Bob Kennedy. Oh, I'll if, rent a car. I'll rent a car and drive. It's like to. we got that new fucking redheaded, whatever that guy is, the new Kennedy, whatever he, I don't, he, 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 crawl, he crawled out from other, under a rock. I don't know I who that back, kid is. I think he went he, back the, underneath the rock. I hope so, because, again, he should be traveling by fucking train. Yeah, absolutely. Freaking John Madden. He lost one football team. Never flew again. The Kennedys, <laughs> they have lost their entire family. And all they do is do air travel. Yeah, and then finally there was JFK Jr. in 1999, who also died in the plane crash. And his memory now has to deal with the indignity of being involved in the QAnon conspiracy as a man who faked his death in order to take down the elite Satanist pedophile cabal from behind the scenes. And JFK Jr. is even thought by some QAnon believers to return from the dead this year to run as Trump's new VP. Honestly, honestly, I take it. I would take it. I'm going to say the sentence, big if true. Big yes. if true. If all of that turns out to be true, and then like Andy Kaufman has come back from the dead and puts on a hell of a performance, I'd be really happy. I'd be really happy. You make fucking Elvis Presley still alive. He's 95 years old or 108. I don't know how old he'd be now. And you make him like in charge of HUD. You know what I mean? I'm fine with it. And then there was Rosemary. Now, the story that I've always heard about Rosemary was that Joe Kennedy Sr., JFK's father, gave his difficult daughter a lobotomy and locked her away in the Kennedy attic until she died. Right. Now, that isn't quite true, but it certainly runs perpendicular to the truth. Rosemary was indeed born with developmental disabilities, but those disabilities were a result of medical incompetence, not genetics. Oh, so the story's worse. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's what you're saying no, i swear i don't keep choosing stories involving plagues on purpose but rosemary was born in 1918 the same year that the spanish flu killed millions of people across the globe hmm. it just happens every once in a while and it seems to be a, an important part of history and that we continue to ignore as if we shouldn't prepare for further pandemics yeah <laughs> no america was hit just as hard as everyone else 
and the Kennedy family was living in Boston by the time Rose Kennedy was ready to give birth to Rosemary. But since so many people in Boston were infected with the Spanish flu, the Kennedy family physician had a ton of sick and dying patients to attend to before he could get around to dropping by the Kennedy home to deliver Rosemary. Oh, see, I don't think that that's right. I think if you're a doctor, you have to prioritize the new. If you have someone who is dying of the Spanish flu, it's like, all right, but we got a baby to deliver here. The next generation, we need to seed Boston for the future. Hey, dude, this is 1918. He's already out in the field. He doesn't know that Rose Kennedy has gone into labor yet. He's just out there taking care of people every single day because he's a doctor. That's what he's got to do. Ah. So he doesn't find out until hours later that she has gone into labor. I would say, Kissel, you should save your which people are obsolete like tallies <laughs> for when you're running for office. I think well, it's yes. a really important time to really state who needs to be let go and the levels of the levels of which of people that need to be let go. I'm just saying if you have someone who has if you have someone who has covid but then someone's given birth right next to them, you got to go catch the football. You have to you got to catch the baby yeah, if they're right in front of you. It's like if I'm sitting here eating a sandwich and I see a woman giving birth in front of me, I'll go and help the birth and, and even though well, the, sandwich the sandwich will probably take a lot of cuz some sandwiches Let's just all let's all relate here for a second. Some sandwiches you got to keep hands on the entire time you're eating them. You can't you even do. put it down if you wanted to because if the sandwiches will fall, they'll fall apart due to the slippery nature of some of the the items on the sandwich or just simply the amount of meat that you decided to pile on there. And yeah, I would choose getting a baby out of a woman's vagina. I'd be there going like, "Give it to me, give it to me, give it to me," right. instead of making sure my sandwich stayed together because it takes a whole three minutes to put it back together. <laughs> oh my god, it's a waking nightmare. And once it's t- once it's falling apart, you're never, never actually putting it back together. It's yet, never the fucking same. No, no abs- just no, like no. this chick. But the thing here is that if <laughs> what do you mean just like this chick? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We had you pulled out. We had you pulled out of the fire. We Mark, pulled you out of the fire Mark, and then you jumped back in. It's 1918. I'm just she's a Kennedy. They're, they're a murderous rampage on the society. <laughs> But the thing here is that if not for medical incompetence, none of that would have mattered. See, there was a nurse present who could have delivered the baby, and the baby was indeed ready to come out. But for reasons I can't fathom, the nurse instead ordered Rosemary's mother to keep her legs closed until the doctor arrived. What? Oh my God, so she did the fucking Brett the Hitman heart was the sharpshooter on, on her fetus? <laughs> What do you mean? How is that possible? She just closed her legs like the baby is trying. The baby is crowning. It's starting to come out of the vagina. And the nurse is saying, close the legs, close the legs. The doctor's not here yet. You got to wait for the doctor. It's not making any sense. She turned the baby. (laughs) And when the baby refused to wait, when she couldn't keep her fucking legs closed anymore, the nurse actually pushed the baby's head back into the birth canal and held it there for two hours. What's harder than just giving birth to the fucking baby? (laughs) And this baffling decision kept oxygen from reaching baby Rosemary, which resulted in lifelong developmental disabilities. As Henry said, much worse. At two years old, when other toddlers are learning how to talk and in some cases run, Rosemary could hardly sit up or even crawl. And what was even more unfortunate was that the Kennedys at the time were caught up in the eugenics craze. Oh, Oh, no way. What a surprise. (laughs) 
For the uninitiated, eugenics is a highly discredited belief that society can be engineered into a utopia through a process of selective breeding. And eugenics was based in large part on the genetic experiments Thomas Hunt Morgan had done on fruit flies. Mm. Now, Morgan completely distanced himself from eugenics, saying that he barely understood what the fuck was going on with the fruit flies, much less how such theories could be applied to humans. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, honestly, I'm not a good doctor, and I just killed a bunch of flies. That's really <laughs> all I did. You should have seen what I did to the frogs. No one Aww. should pay attention to me. <laughs> There's a great uh, American Experience documentary called The Eugenics Crusade, which lays out the whole history of eugenics. It's fucking fascinating. Of course, as we know, eugenics led to the Nazis. Of course, you know who else believes in eugenics? LeVar Ball of the Ball family, Triple B brand. He talks about it all the time. He's the dad of these basketball players, all of these kids. Lonzo Ball, he used to be a Laker. Now I forget where he's playing. But he talks about it all the time, how he picked his wife. He said this in front of his wife in an interview. I picked her out because she was going to be good for breeding. And then she's just like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Yes, and I was he like, did. this is yes. so and weird. I showed him. I showed him how much. I, show, I took an apple. And I put it inside of myself uh-huh. till it became a grapefruit. Wow. It was incredible. Yeah, my, my vagina can do so much pressure in there. But so people still believe in this stuff. Nugenics, we talked about that. That's where Frank mm-hmm. Thomas, he's still, he's still plugging this product called Nugenics, which sounds a lot <laughs> like new eugenics. <laughs> this idea that people with quote-unquote bad genes automatically give birth to more people with quote-unquote bad genes took off specifically among rich elites who tend to look on the lower classes as little more than animals whose only purpose is to make those elites richer. Mm. And that's that thought has been around since the beginning of classes began. Like this idea that, because it, what does is create a validation system of why we're so rich and the poor right. are so poor and why we're going to make them poorer and poorer because their jobs are to th- use their bodies literally to the death to build our empires because we would not be here if not for our excellent breeding and where we came right. from, which is also the weird classist implications of the reptilians and that concept, like all this kind of weird shit of the idea that there are strains of nobles, like the black nobility, that were the reason why they're at the top of the heap was because a fucking million years ago, reptilians chose their line of chimps to have sex with. Oh, mm-hmm. no kidding. Big old, big old boobies on them chimps there, perhaps. I uh, mean, I'd be, if you were going to pick one, I'd pick one that's got the, the, the nicest, roundest bottom and the biggest top. Absolutely. <laughs> sure. Or not. Whatever is beautiful. If you, Rupert Murdoch, that the idea <laughs> that good. rich people, thank you. The idea that rich people are somehow more capable than poor people is ridiculous. You yeah. can, If you put a pebble on the ground and gave Rupert Murdoch a broom to clean it up, he would just end up shoving it up his ass. Like he has no idea what he's <laughs> doing. Like the man cannot do anything. He's the size of Tell a small one. Why did you give me this mustache on a stick? well eugenics was the idea that you are genetically poor that like poor is a that that it is your fault that you are poor because you have bad genes or you're it's your fault that you're uh a drunk or you're chronically unemployed it's all it all comes down to bad genes and if we stop those people from breeding with each other then we can form this fantastic utopia in which everybody is a white middle to upper class person okay and then they using 
police and the educational systems, they created a version of the genetically poor, or they are attempting to, creating a whole group of people where it's almost impossible for them to get out of that situation. Well, I think they Mm -hmm. succeeded on that front. Well, since the Kennedys were firmly a part of that rich elite class, they were terrified that their rich friends would see Rosemary through a eugenics lens, Mm. and therefore the Kennedys would be considered carriers of those bad genes. Meanwhile, all the rest of the sons had permanent health problems already. Like they all already were born with health problems. I mean, I guess it's easier. I guess it's hard to explain that like the nurse pushed her back in. Like, I guess that's like a hard thing to bring up every single time. Someone's like, so what's wrong? You know, like what's wrong with your daughter? Be like, the nurse kept her in the oven too long. Like that's, that's where Zazzle really would have helped back in the day because you could have made a t-shirt that yeah. just you could put on her that just said, the nurse pushed my head back in, and that's how you know that you're slower. I mean, I mean that's yeah. how you know. Not genetics. Nurse did it. And furthermore, the Kennedys were famously Catholic. And to this day, I read an article in which this happened in January of this year. Some Catholic priests refused to give communion or confirmation to the intellectually disabled because they say they don't have the cognitive ability to choose Christ. What? Yep. And there's also a rule that the the Catholic Church does not hold priests accountable for children uh, made by priests and breaking their rule of celibacy. They literally are allowed to have, they can be forgiven for breaking their rule of celibacy, but they are not allowed to take on the child, like by the church. So the children, they continue to exist however they exist, but they go, whoopsie-doo, my penis made a bad one, and then they get to go and do the Hail Mary pass to God, and then it's fine. The old Doug Flutie move there. Well, that's really unfortunate because everyone loves a cracker. And I feel like if you're, you're in line, you know, you got... If I, you think the fucking Eucharist is a cracker, then you're eating the wrong crackers, my friend, because they're far more luxurious, buttery, crispier crackers than a Eucharist. I'm not lying to you. My Catholic church changed up the Eucharist because people were like, this one's not very good. And they changed it up. <laughs> Sweaty, they might as well put a dollop of freaking cheese, cheddar cheese on it, like liquid cheese whiz or something. That's next. They're just going to be like, and this is the Eucharist. There's a little ham on top. You'll notice that. Spray <laughs> cheese in each one of their fucking mouths. But perhaps most pressing on the Kennedys' minds were their political aspirations. Mm. Having a disabled daughter wasn't a good look in the first half of the 20th century. And Joe Kennedy had a plan to install one of his sons in the White House one day. The Kennedys' opinions on the disabled only got worse in 1934 when Joe Jr. went to Germany, where the eugenic Mm. theories that were getting big in America were colliding with the Ariosophic ideas of a master race of Aryans. Yikes. Oh, and the worst group of fucking think tank dudes since the people that came up with the double down. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Ooh, don't mess with the KFC double down. It gets your fingers all greasy, but it gets your tummy all nice and full. Keep it in. Keep it in. I think that's keep a it, good keep new it. slogan the for down. KFC. Keep it down. Keep it, keep it, keep it down. down. Keep it in. <laughs> Never poop. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it, but guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. 
All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine. And it's an addiction. And it's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins. As soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God, I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. Well, after the visit, Joe Jr., who would eventually die fighting the Nazis, Mm. became a convert to Hitler's program of sterilizing disabled Germans, which most agree was Hitler's first step towards the Holocaust. Mm. Joe Jr. wrote to Joe Sr. that he believed the sterilization law was, quote, 
a great thing and that the program would do away with many of the, quote, disgusting specimens of men which inhabit this earth. And to this, Joe Jr. simply replied, quote, I think your conclusions are very sound. Well, these people can barely even stand up. Their heads are so big. Their legs are so (laughs) tiny. What is wrong with the Kennedy family? I just don't understand how they had the ego to even begin thinking that they were supposed to be American royalty. That's a whole nother thing if we ever get into the dynasty. I wonder where it all started. It started with Joe Jr. Or Joe Sr. It started with Joe Sr. Just one dude was was just like, I'm putting my son in the White House. That, yeah, it was his idea. He was the one that, I mean, it's much more complicated than that, and there are other people involved in it. But yeah, Joe Sr. was kind of the guy that said, like, the Kennedys are going to be big in America. Like, okay. the Kennedys are going to fucking, the Kennedys are going to be huge. And, you know, really, like, Joe Sr. and Joe Jr. are really the only gigantic pieces of shit, except mm. maybe Ted. Uh, yeah. But we'll, we'll get later into uh, how all of this affected JFK, personally. Okay. So when it became obvious that Rosemary was one of what they considered to be disgusting specimens, they shipped her off to various boarding schools and institutions while lying to their friends and family, saying that Rosemary was doing just fine. Now, Rosemary's development did improve when Joe Sr. was appointed ambassador to the United Kingdom, and the whole family temporarily relocated to England. But when World War II got serious for Londoners the Kennedys returned to the United States. Mm. Like, oh, I've had enough of these different type of French fries. They're starting <laughs> to explode things. And oh. I just became Forrest Gump <laughs> doing the Kennedys. Somehow, oh. I got here with my Boston accent. <laughs> I love Forrest Kennedy. I think he's going to make it big one day. After they returned to the United States, Rosemary, who is now 22 years old, regressed flying into violent rages in which she would physically attack others to the point of injury. Mm. And after bouncing around a few schools, she was eventually sent to a convent school in D.C. I don't think any of the way they are treating her helped her condition in any way, shape, or form. No. It no. seemed that she, especially this type of like malpractice, like things that happen to children and affect your brain, it's just really crazy to see how the structure of your brain is like real important. To how yeah. you behave. Like, it's just the size and shape of it has to be as the production line was supposed to make it. And if you make it look like a peanut in any way, shape, or form, you're just not going to be right. You know, people are always getting tattoos to be unique and stuff. You know, with Play-Doh, you can have like the star when you push when you push the Play-Doh through. And it, maybe we can mm-hmm. do that with women with the vagina. We'll put little molds, and then you hmm. can have like a star kid, and you can have like a, like a kid that has like a triangle head, and like a kid that has like a cool. I mean, I don't know, just kind of fun. That's mind-boggling. <laughs> That's mind-boggling and horrifying. But also at the same time, I'd see it. You know, I look at it and I'd be like, wow, you did that. I don't know what it would do to them. But if maybe if they were forming in a weird way, I somehow came around to understanding you, Kissel. Like if if they managed to do it while the brain was forming, maybe they'd be normal if you could shape it from inside of the the, the uterus. That's what I'm saying. And then it's just kind of fun that everyone's different. You know, the human brain, like the human skull, when a child is first born, the brain, the skull is very malleable. Yes. The, the, you can shape the skull in all sorts of different fun ways. So, I don't know. I mean, third act? Third act. My thing is that if you, if your head becomes shaped like the Statue of Liberty, I don't know if you're going to be able to come out of the vagina. 
Oh, well, they got C-sections and stuff like C-section. that. That's not yeah, the yeah. problem. Oh, good. Yeah, nurses, yeah, yeah. good, good. Yeah, yeah Henry, covered. That's all not covered. not even using your fucking brain right yeah, now. Yeah, Come Henry, on, that's man. ridiculous. I'm sorry. I'm dumb. <laughs> I, I, I must have some sort of teardrop-shaped brain inside of my skull. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, Rosemary gets sent to a convent school in Washington, D.C., and when she started sneaking out at night, because, you know, she's fucking, she's 22 years old. She's living with a bunch of fucking nuns. Of course she's going to sneak out. Yeah, at night. sure. But the nuns became convinced that the only reason why Rosemary was doing this was to have illicit sex <gasps> with multiple men. Ooh. No, she was trying to get a fucking like soda pop at the old school <laughs> pharmacist where they just pull it out of the machine like she was trying to see a park bench. A moment of freedom. <laughs> so, worried that having an unpredictable sister might prevent one of his sons from reaching the White House, Joe Kennedy started asking doctors if there was another option here. Uh-oh. And that's when Joe was told about a new procedure called the lobotomy. Oh, no. Yes, caught her brain. Can we then get, maybe we can put some sort of gun up her butt and shoot through her esophagus up to the top of her head. Uh, I'm just spitballing here. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's sort of like a chimney sweep. What was most outrageous about this decision to have a lobotomy was that since Rosemary had been diagnosed as, in the parlance of the times, this is what it was called at the time, mentally retarded, only Joe's consent was necessary to approve the procedure. They didn't need to even tell the mother. Well, he could just go get her brain poked? She could just get, didn't need Rosemary's permission, didn't need the mother's permission. Joe could just fucking do it because that's how the law was set up. Because people who were developmentally disabled had no rights in any way whatsoever. Yeah. Damn. As it was, Rosemary's mother wasn't even told that it was happening until after it happened. Why didn't the mother have any say in the rearing of this child? She wasn't even allowed to give birth to it on her own terms. I feel like this is, we, I, hopefully we've gotten better on that front. This is, it seems to be, there is a stripe of this idea of being like, well, my husband makes those decisions, like that type of thought process where they just don't even think about anything because Joe Sr. was a quote unquote, very important man. Right. He was one of these people that was he viewed himself as one of the shapers of our country. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to control the way our entire country went. And those people don't really like think about us as people. And I can't imagine what they think about their own children, their own progeny as their own like as extensions of themselves. To him, she was just some shadow form of his own mind. And he's just like, I'll do it or with her, whatever I want. Mm hmm. And so, in November 1941, Walter Freeman and James Watts, who had not yet left Freeman's side, performed the procedure. Ooh, both of them. Yep, both of them. This is back when they were still doing the prefrontal lobotomy. This was not transorbital lobotomy just yet. Yeah, this is hardcore. This is the worst one. Yeah. Ah. Now, at this point in the evolution of the lobotomy, Watts and Freeman had advanced to the point where they were giving patients local anesthetic, but keeping the patient awake during the procedure to test cognitive ability. Ooh. After shaving her head and drilling holes into the side of her skull, Freeman asked Rosemary to tell stories, recite the Lord's Prayer, and in a move that would be considered a little too on the nose if it was in a movie... Asked her to sing God Bless America. Oh, my God. Can you imagine what is a dystopian scene worse than that than getting a lobotomy from Joe 
Kennedy Sr. while scream singing God Bless America. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure that's how Michelle Bachman does gay conversion therapy to this day, though. <laughs> but while Rosemary was communicating and Freeman was slicing into her brain with a tool the attending nurse described as a butter knife, <laughs> Rosemary suddenly became incoherent and stopped talking altogether. Oh my God. And then that's when you hear the oops. <laughs> yeah, which is I what a horrifying what a horrifying moment just being like oh uh, uh, well put uh, 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 we'll put uh. some tape on it and you know for a fact there was like a record producer next door being like damn it she could have been the next Susan Boyle you all went too far and now she can't sing at all well this is like in the very early day de- like they'd done a few dozen lobotomies at this point this was still very much like let's see what happens you know they don't have it down yet and Ugh. once she stopped talking and once she started being like speaking gibberish and then just went silent altogether, they knew they'd cut too deep it's, the oh, procedure God. was an unmitigated disaster and watching these two men casually cut into a young woman's brain as she lost all cognitive ability was so disturbing to the attending nurse that she quit the medical profession altogether immediately afterward. Oh my yeah. god. I imagine that's that's very uh that's very traumatizing. When Rosemary finally came to, she had the mental capacity of a 2-year-old child. She couldn't speak, couldn't walk, and was incontinent for the rest of her long long life. Damn. But Joe told no one what happened. Well, cuz I feel like in some way like, wouldn't you be, I guess you're just not mad or just an, I imagine the way he views the world, this is probably some sort of unfortunate circumstance right. mm-hmm. that he, oh, what a pity that this happened. Yes. This, what a shame that this yeah. happened. I and just, then to the institution, they went and just boarded her up. Right. I just feel so horrible for the nurse that she had her love of medicine ruined. Very similar to when I got my job at Arby's. I love the beefy <laughs> cheek. Love the beefy cheek. And then once you uh-huh. see you it. you don't want to see how it's in, made. Yeah. Once, <laughs> no. you, once you see the liquefied whatever that is, it really ruins it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Well, Joe sent his daughter to an institution 30 miles north of New York City and told his wife not to visit her own daughter so Rosemary could get accustomed to her new living arrangement. Ugh. Joe, you are so correct. And I am so glad that he can tell me how to live, Joe. Tell me, Joe, are these shoes? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, those are shoes. I thought you were going to ask me if those shoes were nice, but we're just going to, yeah, those are shoes. Do you- May I wear them, Joe? Uh, yeah, you can wear the shoes. The shoes. So- I don't do anything without my husband's permission. Uh, well, y- put them on your feet. You put them on your hands. <laughs> oh no, sorry, sorry. <laughs> never really seen these before. Never operated these before without my husband's permission. So never should have procreated with you. Well, family and friends were told that Rosemary was off studying to become involved in social work, and Rosemary's own sister, Eunice, didn't know where Rosemary was for over a decade. Oh, my God. Eventually, Joe Kennedy had a cottage built for Rosemary at an institution named St. Coletta's. It took two decades, 20 years, before Rose finally visited her daughter, and Joe Kennedy never saw Rosemary ever again. And of course, St. Colette, that is the saint of chain smoking, and I love her. I love St. Colette. She's the saint of chain smoking and really just room temperature coffee. 
<laughs> and that's the way you do St. Coletta's prayer. That's the, that is a very standard thing in the Zabrowski household where you light a cigarette with a lit cigarette. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> it actually wasn't until after Joe Kennedy had a stroke in 1961, 20 years after the lobotomy, that most of her siblings were told where she was. But three years before that, one of them had already figured it out. While he was gearing up to run for president, JFK actually went and visited Rosemary. And because he was so moved by her plight, this is actually a good thing. Oh. The last piece of legislation JFK signed before he was killed gave rights to intellectually disabled Americans for the first time in our history. Oh, I got to tell you, Rosemary, I'm looking at the cottage. I'm looking at the way you're living. And all I got to say... It's a bummer. <laughs> it is a bummer. Oh. Because um, it's got to almost be, because true, because from what we've read about JFK, he had his ups and downs, but it seems like in his in certain moments, he was a very good man. Yeah. Yes. And there's also that other moment, too, of like, you're running for president, and then you're like, what happened to Rosemary? Like, I'm running for fucking president right, right now, and no one told me this shit? We had no clue. But, you know, in the end, because originally... The family would sit around the table and have intellectual discourse, right? That was the whole thing is that he would pit the family against each other. Joe Sr. would make everybody debate each other and he decided who win, who won, like who won, who lost. They'd have like sports competitions against each other. They would boat rates, all this kind of bullshit. And so they they always knew that Rosemary was never really a part of all this. And at some point she just went away. And it's just, you know... You feel like they could ask those questions earlier, well, but I you mean, don't know what, how, how, like, what do you do up against again, Joe Senior, a quote yeah. unquote very important man. What do you do when your parents just take your sister away? It's like, I mean, it's a tough thing to bring up at dinner, I guess. I mean, they they saw a couple of them did make it up. Like JFK signed uh, that legislation. Eunice Kennedy, Rosemary's sister, founded the Special Olympics. Oh, oh hell yeah! I mean, she said that Rosemary wasn't really the inspiration for that, but come well, on, she could have. I wish she did. That would be nice <laughs> if she showed up. That's all she needed. She was to honest do. about it. Yeah. Well, my little brother, he is a Special Olympic hero, and oh. he has he's been kicking ass for a long time. And the nice thing about Special Olympics, you get to just scream at people because you're there supporting your brother and then you're like you're a loser you're a loser go mikey go mikey you suck go mikey and it's really fun and everyone adds a different level there is no such thing as being disabled just differently abled and everyone everyone adds a different level of love to the world don't they of course as far as how long rosemary's life was she survived not only all of her siblings save ted she even survived jfk jr oh my god Rosemary Kennedy died from natural causes on January 7th, 2005. Oh, my God. (laughs) At the age of 86. I didn't know that. I thought, (laughs) oh, my, wow, she lived a long time. Was there any, could she have, Joe? I mean, I guess we talked about it in the lobotomy series. You feel like nothing, right? You feel like no highs, no lows. So she was just sort of. She was cared for by nuns. Like that's that's Did what she, she had, had. Any fun? I mean, like I don't like. What was yeah. her life like? They had. Uh, they bought her a car. Uh, she didn't drive, uh, but they would. You know, the nuns would take her out on dr- on rides where okay. she like she'd go out because she was intellectually two years old. You know, so oh she my was, god! So she, they did. She went and did what Puffin does for fun. 
Yeah. Yeah. Puffin was such a great co-pilot. Dog is my co-pilot. That's what I say. And he was so <laughs> perfect <laughs> all across the country. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to kill you. You've become this, the, the biggest saleswoman from Michael's that I've ever seen. <laughs> and her lobotomy uh, actually became public knowledge before she died. It became public knowledge in 1987. Wow. Now, that's the case of a famous botched lobotomy. Another case involved a 12-year-old boy named Howard Dooley, who was given the infamous ice pick lobotomy in 1960, long after lobotomies were considered proper or necessary. Yeah, these are like, this is a latter period. Right. This is when Walter Freeman, in in parlance of serial killers, he was in his fucking, like, frenzy, right? He had gone full, like, trying to get as many as possible, trying to keep them legit. And people were just paying him money to do them for a, because at this point, he was like, it's a a preventative measure. This is to make it so, like, we, so people don't get too bad. It isn't a little ding, 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 ding. That's it. That's all it is. Who do you think caused more harm as a doctor? Harold Shipman or Dr. Friedman? Like, truly. Because, I mean, Harold Shipman, obviously he murdered over 200 people, you know. I would say Friedman, I mean, because it was tens of thousands of people who are subjected to lobotomies. And Uh, they had to live lives, and it it helped, what was it, like 20%, something like that, it quote-unquote helped. Which just nullified their symptoms. It, right. I mean, that's. I mean, really, he probably killed more than uh, he probably killed more people than uh, Shipman did because lobotomies had a fatality rate of nine percent. Oh my God! Yeah. So do that math. Yeah. Nine percent of ten thousand and sixty thousand. Hey, Henry, wow. yeah, Henry, do that math real quick. <laughs> oh Henry, no. what do you think the number would be? <laughs> oh, forty-five hundred. Okay, I'll take it. Let me try and see it. Let me see if I get it. You can tell me anything. 60% times, I'm just doing it on my laptop, 0.9%. Uh-huh. 0.9, 0.9. 5,400. 5,400. All right, you undershot it, that's good. So he is definitely one of the biggest serial killers in the history of serial killers. Well, it wasn't just him that did the lobotomies. That uh, also it was included, everybody. That's every. That also includes other people, like other psychiatrists who were not surgeons who performed ice pick lobotomies. Gotcha. It, he's but still like responsible. The, it's more like if the writers of the Macarena, if the Macarena Ooh. killed nine percent <laughs> of the people who did it. Right. Writers of the Macarena or Lou Bega, who has killed more people with their hit. <laughs> Mambo we'll number find five. Out. I want to find out. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, Mambo number six is supposed to come out after quarantine, but I think it does involve <laughs> him killing a woman. I'm not certain. Well, in the case of Howard Dooley, he was given a lobotomy at 12 years old, not because he suffered from any mental problems, but because he was suffering behavioral problems exacerbated by the abuse of an evil stepmother Damn. who, not so coincidentally, pushed for the lobotomy. Uh-oh. When Howard was four years old, his biological mother died in childbirth. And three years after that, his father remarried to a woman named Lou, who began abusing Howard soon after she moved in. Now, this is like, I mean, Howard could have gone one of two ways, either lobotomy or serial killer, because this is a serial killer's mother. Damn. She started inspecting Howard's anus regularly. And if she didn't like what she saw, she'd take a washcloth and vigorously wipe, all while complaining about how dirty of a boy he was. I don't like it. 
Mommy dearest, <laughs> mommy dearest, my butthole is definitely clean enough. Damn, I, I don't like it. I don't want anybody to spit shine down there, and I don't want it to be reflective. <laughs> no, it's bad for a child. Absolutely not. When Howard was bad, Lou would take down his pants, drape him over her knee, and spank him bare butt, all while screaming about how he was every kind of moron in the world. And by the way, moron comes from eugenics. No kidding. Yep. It was a medical classification. Yep. Oh, interesting. I thought I thought it was uh, something like, uh, oh, that's too stupid to even say. I was going to say something like, "There's a lot of Rons," and then it was like, "Oh, that's a moron." There's more Rons than than Todds. Um, but See, that's, that's the, the dumbest thing I've ever said in my life. And I'm if you, die. this is what I'm saying. This is the type of test that would be administered to you to find out Kissel. In fact, you are scientifically a moron. <laughs> I need a lobotomy. No, there's more Rons than there are Teds. I'm yeah. going to die. <laughs> you are legally a moron. <laughs> Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines. Or it can be short and thrilling, like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they're going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine. At a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler, Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases, they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it and she loved it and she wore it when we went on vacation and my own did everybody come around being like where'd you get that piece you beautiful woman and I was like stop talking to my wife she's spoken for you can see it with the blue Nile bling she's got on her right now get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com that's $50 off with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com bluenile.com no matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right? I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. 
All right. My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. Well, eventually, the spankings escalated to being beaten with a metal vacuum cleaner hose. This kid was getting horribly abused. So sad. And these vacuum cleaners now are just so flimsy. You can't beat anybody with them. Yeah, this is a 1960s vacuum cleaner when people bought stuff for life. Do you remember that when your parents were like, you're going to have that forever? And then immediately Walmart was like, but what if you uh, throw it away in six months and buy a new shit? (laughs) What if they always fall apart and they're built to fall apart? The thing was, Howard wasn't a bad kid. He, I mean, the worst thing he did is he liked scaring people. He liked hiding behind doors and like jumping out for like a little fun scare. That's funny. Yeah. That's what I like to do. Yeah. And sometimes he'd steal food because Lou forbade eating between official meals. Oh my God. Come on. He was just a kid. He was just a kid. But because he was treated like a bad kid, he started acting like a bad kid. Right. He started shoplifting, and in a move that is very common amongst sexually abused children, he started playing with his own feces. A lot of sexually abused kids do that. If you see a kid doing that, call the police. Oh, my. Police. It's the truth. It's like, because they are taught this weird obsession with their, I mean, again, they are. He is being molested. Essentially, he's being molested right, during yeah, right. this time period. But when mm-hmm. Howard was taken to see psychiatrists, six of them by records, all six said that Howard was just a normal kid, and four of those six said that the problem was very specifically stepmother Lou. Right. So Lou kept searching for someone to tell her that she was right, and eventually she found Walter Freeman. Ah. Uh. See, by the 60s, Freeman was pretty much out of the game as advances in medication had made the lobotomy obsolete as far as the public went. He was no longer the new science kid on the scene. Mm. In fact, a lot of pe- he had lost his job at GWU, and people were finally starting to look like, hey, probably, he probably shouldn't have been doing that. Nobody should have been doing that. Right. So Freeman thought that perhaps a new path to relevance and notoriety would be not in giving lobotomies to adults with mental problems, but instead giving them to children. 
getting them early. He had like a eureka moment where it's like, what about kids? (laughs) They're everywhere. He had this like idea that he could stop whatever quote unquote behavioral problems in a child because this is at the time when they would stuff like a kid who was bad and they couldn't or they quote unquote bad or just like literally either bored right. or acting out or this kind of like just behavioral problems they started saying stuff like yeah schizophrenia like mm-hmm. they started calling them like labeling them with very intense mental disorders yeah when a lot of times they were just normal kids that were either had excess energy or being abused or had other things going on but when you're six I don't know if you can have schizophrenia. No. I don't know. I think that's just, that's horrible. I mean, I take it from me. I'm a father of a, uh, or a, a foster father of a nine-month-old dash on Chihuahua. Kids are crazy. And Jerry <laughs> really are. is insane. But when they sleep, it makes up for it, doesn't it? Because it's so cute. <laughs> it's so cute. Yes. He didn't watch him. I always watch kids sleep. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> the dog, the dog. But when the kids sleep, too, it's cute. Yeah. So when Lou and Howard showed up at Freeman's office, Freeman ignored anything that little Howard had to say and even ignored the fact that most of his behavior was normal. He instead opted to listen solely to the evil stepmother because her narrative was easily shaped into childhood schizophrenia. And we do have to clarify a lot of stepmothers are amazing. The majority of stepmothers out there. Happy Mother's Day. Because Happy you two Mother's are a Day. mother. You two are you a mother. You two are a mother. Yes. Stop having sex with the kids. <laughs> well, yes, then you're bad. <laughs> then I know that they're mo- legal. Oh, you're talking, I know that you're- they're horny. They don't know how to masturbate. They're in school. from. They're home from hot dog school or some kind of made up thing. <laughs> yep. stop, stop blowing your stepkids. Also, Pornhub, Pornhub has got to get better because I don't want to have to do all this. I don't want to have to yell at you, Pornhub. But Pornhub no, needs Pornhub to change. No, Pornhub is very bad right now, and we have to, technically, we have to boycott porn, Pornhub because they need to figure out their their child pornography bullshit. If there was only, a, if only there was another outlet to find porn, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where it could find it. Where is it? Well, as far as the other family members went, Howard's father later claimed that Freeman and his wife, Lou, had manipulated him into believing the procedure was safe and normal. Uh. And he also said, this is probably more the truth, Lou told him that either the boy gets a lobotomy or she gets a divorce. So he said, give the kid the fucking lobotomy. And you know that she was just so lovely. You can't miss out on being around her. I actually don't particularly understand this whole line of thought. The one thing I can maybe speak to is that there is like he thought that like women handle the children. This is like another old school like thought line. And it's like, well, whatever she says goes because she's she's on the kid department. I go to the bullet factory and I go to the war and I try not to die. And that's all I do. But the interesting thing is the, the change, right? In culture, if, if fathers used to sort of be in charge of the whole family, including the children, I guess at some point dads were just like, you know, I don't care anymore. Like, yeah. just like you, you, <laughs> yep. you take care of it. Yeah. And so Howard went in for a transorbital lobotomy at 12 years old. Now, because Freeman was still working with his old electroshock machine that, remember, had no dials and no toggle, it took four rounds of electroshock before this 12-year-old boy finally passed out so Freeman could do the ice pick into his eyeballs. He used his electroshock machine like the the prairie mother. What's her name? There's the, it's, it's prairie chef. The prairie chef cooks where everything's like, 
just a little bit of handful of this. That's all you need. I don't use measuring cups. Right. And it's like, no, man, that's not how that's not how you should be shocking the human brain. No. It should be as casual as a pesto recipe. Well, it's a great way to make an unbelievable home cooked biscuit, but yeah. Well, I mean, Freeman was proud of this. You can find pictures online of Howard Dooley getting this lobotomy because Freeman was documenting the whole fucking thing. It's one of the most disturbing pictures I've ever seen. It's a 12-year-old boy passed out from electroshock therapy. His eyes are rolled in the back of his head, and all you see is an ice pick coming from the top of the frame going into his fucking brain. Oh, God. God. Yeah, and so Freeman, he shoved the ice pick into both sockets, did the standard wiggle, and performed a lobotomy on a boy whose brain had not even fully developed yet. Jeez. Now, as we said, Freeman was still grasping for relevance. So, in an attempt to regain the spotlight, he gave a presentation at the Langley Porter Clinic in San Francisco and actually brought Howard on stage, along with other children Freeman had lobotomized. Howard was by no means the only child that he did a he did a lobotomy on a four year old kid. And he did, in order to make it as haunting as possible, he put them all in Harlequin outfits, and they all yeah. sang in in weird, eerie, synchronized oh. fashion. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. And then he had a skeleton man come out, going like, "Do you know how to die? I will show you how to die." And they just clapped and they loved it, and they, they voted for Nixon for president. That's great. All right, Doctor Freeman, thank. You. That was such a great addition to the ta- talent show. Next up, Tiny Tim. And after Tiny Tim, we have David Icke coming out here to tell you all about reptilians. So after talking for a bit about the procedure and asking the lobotomized children a few questions to prove that he hadn't destroyed their brains completely, he opened the que- he opened it up to the audience for questions. First oh. question, how old is that kid? Pointing to Howard. And when Freeman said 12, the audience erupted in outrage. Good. Well, they're saying boo? It's like it's the standard, no, they're staying boo urns. Boo urns. Like, like, they're loving this. They fucking love this. All right, so this like, is actually the only, this is a redeeming part of the story where people rightfully were pissed. Yeah, and it seems like Freeman was prepared for this reaction because Freeman, ever the showman, had brought along a prop. As soon as the audience turned on him, Freeman dumped a box of Christmas cards from Grateful Patients on the stage. He then yelled, and this is a true quote. These are from my patients. How many Christmas cards do you get from your patients? (laughs) You're basing your entire practice and its relevancy on Christmas cards? They also were all made like infantile, feeble people that were forced to write Christmas cards to the doctor. They didn't choose. I don't think a lot of them chose to even write them. Now, this naturally didn't turn the crowd, and Freeman was booed off stage. And I think that was his last public appearance. What is this, Miracle on 34th Street? I think that's the same defense that they used for Santa Claus. Damn. Then, in order to further justify his decision to lobotomize Howard Dooley, Freeman added a note to Howard's file post-lobotomy that said Howard was suspected of beating his baby brother nearly to death, breaking ribs and caving in the baby's chest. Now, this did happen, but Howard had nothing to do with it. It had been an accident. A neighborhood boy had been playing a little too rough, and Howard was nowhere near it. But Freeman thought, if I write this down afterwards, then this will be justified. What a piece of shit. 
Amazingly, though, Howard Dooley, after many hard years in and out of institutions and a brief dalliance with cocaine in the 80s, good. He, ended up, he ended up living a pretty good life and even wrote a book about his experience called My Lobotomy. Now, of course, that road was highly difficult and filled with all sorts of awful shit that you'll have to read his book to discover. There's a lot of bad shit. His life was a, a series of calamities and, and fucking just bad luck. Uh, yeah. But still, he made it. And the reason why comes with a fair amount of irony. See, Walter Freeman had done this unnecessary procedure while Howard's brain was still developing. A human brain doesn't fully develop, I think, until you're in your late teens, early 20s. I'm pretty sure it's 72 years old. And then it immediately <laughs> starts to collapse right after. And because the brain was putting itself together, it essentially adapted to the ice pick wounds and found new ways to stitch itself up. The reason why this is ironic is because this is exactly what Egas Moniz theorized the brain would do back when he originated the lobotomy, except an adult brain is not capable of regeneration. So Egas's theory could not have been more wrong. So he was still wrong. (laughs) So he was wrong and wrong again, but He 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 was wrong in a way that could have been right if mm-hmm. he was right, but yeah. still wrong. Yeah. Instead, while Freeman's lobotomy on Dooley would have incapacitated an adult, MRI scans done in 2005 showed that all this almost teenage lobotomy did was make life harder for Howard Dooley. Oh, man. Good Lord. Well, now I'm glad that we don't have to worry about it now because the medical world and the, the world of <laughs> private health insurance has fixed so much stuff. So good. Things so are good. just... They were doing really good. Yep. I think it's great that a lot of coverage, a lot of private insurance companies aren't covering COVID-19. I think people should earn Yay. that fact. I think they should go work in a factory, at a doctor factory, where they're making lab coats and masks in order to receive treatment. I think that's the only fair way to do it. It's great. You know, I've been spending five days uh, on the phone arguing with an insurance company to give me a medication that uh, my psychiatrist says is necessary for me to live a uh, normal, healthy life. And I couldn't be happier about it. Well, Marcus, I think you need a lobotomy. That'll cure it all. Um, Of course, the the medication, that that is a horrible situation. We're going to talk about that on Able Against Top Hat when it comes to the medication. They're charging about 700 bucks a pill. That's what the average pill is going to be going for for COVID. My my new medication costs out of pocket $1,200 a month. Oh, my insurance doesn't. Is, and I'm having to argue with my insurance to tell them that it's necessary. More lobotomies, more lobotomies. That's the answer. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, I was going to... Uh, this is sad. I was going to try to find other things to talk about because I was really interested in the idea of other people hiding their children. Yeah. Um, and the one fun one I found oh, you was found called a The Mystery one. of... There was one fun one, but it was just, it's not that fun. It was called The Monster of Gloms. It's by Mike Dash for SmithsonianMagazine.com. And it is, it's a fascinating story about this, a family line in Scotland that uh, the the Earl's ancestral seat at Gloms Castle, right? Hmm. This was the, this place, they the, were the Earl of Strathmore, where they had a, a room that they apparently had hid a, a the heir to the family line that had become like a half toad, half man creature. And it became this sort of ghost story cool. for many, many years and subsequent generations of each following family member that would become the Earl of Strathmore would try to find out 
if it was true or not and find because a lot of castles at the time had secret rooms specifically for if they were going to be attacked essentially panic rooms and so it was not uncommon for people to have these sort of like secret areas where they can go and hide and they would not tell anybody where they were they were normally family secrets and they said that they had buried essentially this un this one air that was hmm. too reprehensible to look upon which is now if you think upon it it's actually very sad this is a side quest in witcher 3 oh no kidding this is exactly a side quest in witcher 3 oh that's fun it's really fun it's a, it's wow. an interesting story but again and deeply sad it is <laughs> and they, if you can't if you can't have a half toad half man king in the castle glom then what can you have yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I want a half. I'll worship the half-toed king. Sure. Well, I'm, I'm, I am the half-toed king. I probably <laughs> would be a, have considered a half-toed king because I got fucking bow legs. That's what Jackie told me recently. I've got fucking <laughs> bow legs. And it's the only thing I can fucking think about. <laughs> she put another it? complex in my mind. You need a lobotomy. And then the other, st- I'm just going to give you this resource just because like, it's going to be a bummer of a July 4th weekend. So why not just really fucking bury yourself in the worst shit you've ever read? Sure. Yeah, it's called hsinvisiblechildren.org and it's called homeschooling's invisible children. And it is all about the horrors of homeschooling and, and not that it's not always horrible. No, um, but it seems that sometimes it is. I yeah. was homeschooled um, for two years. We had a great time. I, I would go to Piggly Wiggly with my mother. We never went to school. I didn't learn anything. Maybe you, didn't learn to read. you almost didn't learn to read. I know. I knew how to read. I picked that up very, very quickly. Reading was never a problem. It was more of the math. It was the math that was the problem. Yeah. And that's why you're not an engineer right now. No, no, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. But yeah, that's the stuff I was looking at too. But the, the the monster of Gloms is really, it's a very interesting, that was what I was looking for more of is like gothic stories. Yeah. And there's just not a lot of them because nah. they, they've, that story, I, that concept has come up quite a bit in fiction, but this is the one that was like everyone's kind of saying was real and that there, there's a couple details into it. Maybe I'll cover it on side stories a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more detail, or maybe last podcast on the left proper can do something along the lines of gothic literature made real. Ooh, I like that idea. Season um, 12. All right, everyone, there it is. A bit of an extension on our lobotomy conversation. Absolutely fascinated. I'm very happy they aren't happening anymore. If you know, if you know that they are happening anywhere, just go shut that right down. They uh, are. No, they are happening. They are great for good, street good, extreme good cases. For very, very extreme cases. I also had a lot of people reach out to me about that have been using ECT nowadays that and it has helped them quite a bit. So that's that has gotten very refined in terms of how they use it. It's still weird that they don't know how it works. No, I uh, actually uh, talked to my psychiatrist recently about, uh, yeah, you know, us making the joke about, you know, how my medication might stop at any time. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, we're in the Middle Ages when it comes to understanding the brain. We're out of the Dark Ages, but we're definitely in the Middle Ages. We have no idea. Well, like, isn't cool. Please stop fun. telling me these things. Just tell me that things are covered, okay? I just need you to fucking lie to me right now until I get my prescription. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, we hope you enjoy your July 4th weekend to the best of your abilities. Get some sparklers. And uh, hang out with people that are close to you that you've been with. You know all the freaking rules. We don't have to tell you that. I was listening to Steve Earle's show on Outlaw Country, and yeah. he talked Outlaw about COVID. Outlaw Country. He talked about COVID for like 20 minutes, and I'm like, Steve Earle, just be Steve Earle. I don't need to hear it from you. We know. You all know what to do. So have as much fun as you possibly can, and uh, we wish you a wonderful weekend. You can always still grill out and have a little, have, have some burgers. Yeah, stand outside, wear a mask. 
do your shit. You know take what to do. Take care of yourself. Take care of your fucking families. Absolutely. As much as we, we gotta look out for each other because nobody up top who gives a rat's fucking ass about how we're doing. So yep. we have to make sure that we take care of each they other. They are completely incapable. It is on us. And I just want to say, as a person who just traveled across this fine country, Every single person that I had contact with um, was so unbelievably nice. You know, I want to thank uh, uh, Oli's big game, Deb, who works there in Paxton, Nebraska. She was so <laughs> sweet. And but, you know, just remember that because every, I, like literally everyone, every waitress, every everyone was just really incredible. And uh, Walmart's a waking nightmare, though. Never go to yeah, Walmart. Yeah. Uh, that was very stress inducing. I went there and I forgot. What that is, so uh, that's scary. But this, everyone, it was it was really great. And uh, if you get a chance to travel across this country, please do. And again, you'll realize we got space. We got plenty of space for a lot of people. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to go check out too, because now once a month we're doing fan art celebrations, putting it on a t-shirt, yes. and trying to get people exposure. We have such fucking truly, we have such talented people who Unreal. listen to the show. Unreal. Oh, it's really awesome. And so check it out. The this month's shirt is done by at evil underscore genius underscore pro and at Corey underscore is underscore inking so the, that just rolls right off the do, tongue everyone knows exactly how to do that robot sentence that you just said i don't know i <laughs> don't know just, i'm just saying go on the internet and we're not just paying these people in exposure we're actually paying our fans to to do this shit so yeah be sure to uh, support artists out there as much as you can right now because artists artists very much need our support and and you know i'm not gonna say these trying times but what the Please fuck else don't. do you say don't <laughs> not i'm so today sick right of these now trying just, times. artists need it artists need help so just help out artists and if you're Give a nurse, money they need it art, art is not fucking just dumb shit like it's not unnecessary i feel like it's one of those things yeah. it's not it's unnecessary. Very necessary these people. it's very necessary if you're a nurse don't push the baby in let the baby out let the baby let it out. all the way out let, let it just it breathe a little bit out. always that's what we've said all right everyone thank you so much for listening love you as always hail yourselves hail satan again magustalations everyone hail me Hand me the wind beneath your wings. Oh, that's kind of nice. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Fluffy bread, fresh tortillas, classic burger buns, and so many carbs. Carb fear is real, but Hero Bread makes healthier versions of the carb-heavy favorites we love the most. We're talking fewer calories, 0 to 2 grams net carbs, 0 grams of sugar, and seriously great taste. Plus more of the dietary fiber and protein you want. No compromise. Don't skip out on your favorites. Just use Hero Bread. Get 10% off your order at Hero.co with code Hero10 at checkout. That's Hero10 at H-E-R-O dot C-O.